And we're back. Boys and girls, welcome to Primetime Titans. We had a really fun time tonight recording this episode. We had Titans Radio uh, employee Anna Glenn Grove on the pod tonight. Uh, got some inside stories on, on Titans players. Um, had a great time with that. She gave her takes on Julio Jones. We went around the horn and, and had a, a heated debate about the Titans future and whether that includes Julio Jones or not. So I um, think you guys really enjoy it. And without further ado, I'd like to welcome Kesha. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I hear the train a coming, it's rolling around a bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison And time keeps dragging on All right, here we go. Uh, this is the seventh episode Let's go. of Primetime Titans, Big PTT. Time. We are back, and we actually have a very special guest with us today. Special uh, to someone else more than others. <laughs> that's true. It is my lovely girlfriend, Anna Glenn Grove. Anna Glenn, do you want to say hey? Hello, everyone. Super happy to be on PTT. What the heck? This is awesome. Welcome. We're extremely happy to have you. I think it's going to be a great time. Um, we're going to get a little into you know hearing about, hearing about you. And also, we will get into Julio Jones. Don't you worry. But first... Um, a word from our sponsors. A word from our sponsors. <laughs> Here we are with the Grizzden pod, we're covering <laughs> everything Memphis Grizzlies. This is not a Rudy Gobert fan club. We hate Rudy Gobert. Now <laughs> back to the show. There's And there's our sponsor. Uh, yeah, Rudy Gobert, public enemy number one. Well, Svechnikov for the Hurricanes. Is <laughs> or Ajo. Ajo. Ajo is also, yeah. Or Isaiah personal, Wilson. Uh, well, yeah. I, I mean, we just keep we, going. We got a lot of enemies of the pod. Yeah. We have rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I would say a lot of these enemies are... Self-induced to be enemies. I just hate Svechnikov and Aho. Svechnikov ha- kind of had a bad series. Anyways. We're recording on Friday night, the day after the Thursday night game six in Nashville. Yeah. JG was at the Preds game. Had yeah. to see us blow a three-one lead in overtime to lose to the Canes. I mean, we probably didn't have a chance to make the cup, but no way. Mm-mm. You know, we're a re- we're a well-rounded pod over here at PTT. Um, Definitely we, not a Nashville Sounds podcast. No, we don't like the sounds. We'll go to the sounds, but the bandbox, baby. I went last week. How was there it? There you go. It's a good experience. Free yeah. popcorn. I did not receive free popcorn. I heard they were doing a free popcorn deal to get people back in the stands. Clearly, What's there the were capacity plenty. At Pettit? I, it felt full. There was a ton <laughs> of people there. Hmm. I, I mean, it felt more crowded than a normal Sounds game. It's interesting that the sounds can have more people than the Grizzlies. Oh, Grizzlies are at fifty-five percent capacity for the home playoff game this weekend. I thought at first that was like a shot at the Grizzlies, like. Well, it's a shot at the city of Memphis. Yeah, Hmm. for hey, figure out figure out your guidelines, Memphis. Come on, let's go. (laughs) I guess uh, I guess we can kind of circle back, but we didn't just add Ag on the podcast because she's a girlfriend. Let's get a little back. She's also got some good insight for us. Titans insider for for the pod. Give us uh, give us a little introduction, your connection to the Titans, and then. We'll ask you some questions. Cool. Um, so I was I went to the University of Georgia. Shout out Isaiah Wilson, my boy Panda. Definitely shot at him. <laughs> Anyways, so he um, 
I interned with Titans Radio junior year of college. Uh, spent a lot of time with Rhett Bryan, Coach Mack, uh, out at training camp, OTAs, mini camp, rookie camp, all that stuff. Um, and then came back when I graduated as like a production assistant, a promotions assistant, uh, helping out with social media, things like that. Titans related was at the draft party. Um, so yeah, all things Titans with 104.5 The Zone, which I'm, I know you guys are fans of. So Love it. Um, yeah, so going a little bit back to your summer with Titans Radio. So you said you worked with Rhett, Brian, and Coach Mack the most. How, how were they? I mean, they, I, just listening to them, I love them. Right. What is the, what is the fan, being a fan listening, what is the perception of Coach Mack and Rhett Brian? Great guys. Coach Mack knows a lot about football, and he can present it in a, good, in a, in a way that connects with the fans. He definitely dumbs it down. Like, he'll say 12 personnel. And you're like, well, what's 12 personnel? And then he'll literally be like, if you don't know what 12 personnel is, is it one running back, two tight ends? Is that what it is? It is. It's in yeah. alphabetical order one if you think about it. So R-T-W doesn't get included in the numbers. Mm. Oh, good to know. Well, there we go. So that's what I was going to say. So the best thing about Coach Mack is that every single practice that I would be at, he's the person I would try to find on the sidelines because he'd be standing there. And all the players know him. They're like, hey, coach, hey, coach. He's the fan favorite, obviously, when you're at Titans practices, but he's so fun to stand next to because he'll he'll be like, all right, Anna Glenn, is this an open backfield or a closed backfield? I'm watching the safeties and the corners and things like that. And then he taught me personnel groups, which I was going to talk about, and I had no idea. Do you guys know what the most common personnel group is in the NFL? 11. Yeah, <laughs> correct. I was going to guess 12. <laughs> Titans have the highest 12 personnel usage than, like, I think any team. You may be able to correct me on that. If I'm I, wrong. I don't know. But yeah, 11 is the most commonly used in the NFL. But I would just stand by Coach Mack practices. And he has this amazing knowledge. And he would have whiteboard sessions with, with me and sit me down in a room with a whiteboard and draw, so out, awesome. draw out the players and, and the gaps. And, you know, this is a number. This is, I, don't, I don't even remember. A gap, what, a gap B, B gap. gap. Yeah. So you get. That's so cool because it's not just like random X's and O's. It's like that's Derrick Henry. That's Ryan Tannehill. Like yeah. on the whiteboard. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So he he had a lot of knowledge, and he would always take us out to lunch. And his most famous quote was, Anna Glenn, I got a lot of hair and a lot of money. And we were like, okay, good. Wait, so what What would he call you? What Didn't he call you like Anna Gray Slick? Anna or Gray Slick. Gray yeah. Slick is like a rocker, apparently. And I don't know if he just thought my name was Anna Grace the whole time, so he called me Anna Gray Slick. <laughs> or if he just thought I looked like Gray Slick and then turned my middle name into Grace. But... He called me Anna Grace Slick. He still does. I saw him the other day. He's like, what's up, Anna Grace Slick? So. That's awesome. How about that? Coach Mack, uh, fan of the rock and roll. Fan <laughs> of the rock and roll. Fan of sushi. What's his coaching background? So do you guys remember when he got announced as the head coach of the Cardinals, but it wasn't actually a thing? I feel like no. I remember that. I don't. They announced him as the head coach, but he didn't even know that he was being announced as the head coach, and then it never worked out. Like The deal never worked out. Really? Yeah. Why did they do that? I don't remember the full story, but we would always, like, when we would go out to lunch and stuff, he, he talked about that situation and how it was, like, this anomaly of a situation that, like, had never happened before in the NFL. So, wow. But he's a big Texas guy. Texas so. Longhorns? No, TCU. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. And he, was he the coach of the Cardinals when Pat Tillman was there? Yep. And then he was, uh, what was he, defensive coordinator? Not defensive coordinator for the Titans. I think he was. I thought he was special teams. He might have been special teams coach somewhere in there too. Yeah, he's been everywhere. I mean, he like 
40-year coaching so veteran. Many, yeah, he knows so many people. And that's why they call him – don't they call him the head coach of Titans Radio? Like, they call him the head coach of the, the group, which is a fitting name, obviously. Is he your favorite Titans media personality? Honestly, Brett Bryan. I love Brett Bryan. And Brett Bryan, he's he, – tell me again, what is his role on Sundays? So he's the executive producer of the entire Sunday broadcast, which I'm curious to see what that's going to look like now that Jonathan Hutton is gone because Hutton would do all the updates and things like that for we, him. He did a great job, too. I right. Really and him. he left because he's with OutKick now? He's with OutKick now, and they did not allow him to come back um, to 104.5 and work Titans games on Sundays. So, But it is weird because Titans Radio is kind of its own thing within 104.5 The Zone, so they kind of run separately than The Zone as a whole. Um, so they thought maybe he could do it since Titans Radio is its own deal, but they, the zone said, no, we're not allowing you to come back. So I don't know if Buck will take over or who will take his spot on Sundays, but so there's sounds like rumor that Buck might take Sounds his like spot. there were some hurt feelings there on behalf of 104.5 The Zone. Oh, it was dramatic. Is that Cumulus? Cumulus Media? Cumulus Media. Wow. It was, it was definitely dramatic. I think, I, personally, Hutton was incredible at it. I thought, like, he would give the updates... He would do like the intro type thing, and then he would give the updates throughout the game. And I thought he, I thought he was really good at it. So it's gonna be interesting to see uh, what plays out there. Right, but Rhett Bryan, so he'll he'll sit there and produce the the Sunday game days, and then give updates throughout the game as well. But he's overall producer, um, super organized, really fun to be around. Loves rock and roll as well, and will just randomly play music in in the station while he's putting together all his. Uh, radio stuff so we would have a lot of jam sessions together so i and you would see obviously that summer you would see a lot of the behind the scenes stuff so like i'm sure it's one of those things where like rep brian probably does insane amount of work behind the scenes oh my goodness how amazing i'm sure he's just amazing do you know like um the thing where it's like welcome to titans radio and it has like weird sound effects that go yeah. on with it. He'll sit there and make those all day long. And then for the draft, he makes them for every single, like the top 250 players. He makes sound or sound things for every single player in the NFL draft. Wait, because didn't the, he and didn't he and Coach Mack like they literally did the draft show for every single player that got picked. Right. And they, they have, would talk about it. They have like hotkeys. So it'll be like, okay, Caleb Farley just got drafted. And then they'll hit the hotkey and it says all that stuff like Caleb Farley, six foot, whatever. Oh, six one. You know? So they Based have that pre recorded. That's pre recorded. back. And Rhett is editing all those together. So they work in like 12 hour days to get all that stuff done. Oh, yeah. He would be there. I would, I mean, I'd probably get there from like 10 to four. And I mean, he would be there till like eight or nine at night every day. During the summer, especially, and, and then before the draft, too. How involved and how much impact do some of the front office guys or even Mike Grable have in, you know, with Coach Mack and Rhett Bryan in terms of pr- the production? So Titans Radio, they don't have, they really don't have a hand at all in it. But I will say Titans Radio does have that special relationship since somebody like Paul Kaharski now, for example. Kaharski. <laughs> Kuharski? Kaharski. A lot of people pronounce it Kaharski. Yeah. Rabel does when it. Rabel does himself. himself has a funny. John has a good impersonation of Paul. Uh, Can we get it? it? You got to take care of the ball when you're on offense. That's my <laughs> best Paul Kaharski. There was one time I did one to Anna Glenn, and she was like, wait, that was actually pretty good. I don't even think I could do it. It always and sounds like he just got done drinking a sip of whiskey. He always talks like that. I, gotta, yeah. I don't know how to explain it other than other than that. 
Do you remember the thought you were on? Yeah, so he... Paul wants to uncover the good, the bad, the ugly, right? Whereas Titans Radio is more like the radio station of the Titans. So they're not going to try to uncover all the bad things that are going on behind the scenes. So they're more like the cheerleaders for the team. So they obviously have a better relationship with like Vrabel and John Robinson than somebody like Yeah, because they're not, they're not going to be saying stuff that... Rabel's gonna be like pissed about, but also J. Rob and Paul Kaharski did a fundraiser together, so they're all friends outside of yeah. outside of work. But when I know uh, Paul's really good about, and I know Buck Rising's really good about this too now, but um, and I learned this from you actually when you were covering Georgia, but um, when you're you know the reporter for the team, you can't be a fan of them. Like you're supposed to be unbiased. I could never. That's I could never do that. No, you could. I, you could literally I, never do that. No, I. Our could podcast never do that. is literally a biased podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're basically <laughs> okay, a podcast. Okay. That's why all of our enemies of the pod are people who have done the national sports scene dirty. Yeah, they haven't done, done us wrong at all. They've just done wrong. our sports team wrong. Yeah, <laughs> they've done me personally wrong. Come on. It's not personal. It's just sports. <laughs> also, to clarify, <laughs> to clarify me. on Dave McGinnis, he coached at. The Rams, and then was head coach of the Cardinals, and then it was the Bears that he got announced as the head coach, and then oh. he never was the head coach of the Bears because he didn't know it was happening. Okay, gotcha. So, head coach of the Cardinals from Bears 2000 the team. Okay. to 2003. So, I think, yeah, Pat Tillman. That would have been... I heard him do a little a little bit on Pat Tillman before. Yeah. So, that's why I thought that. I could see Coach Mack and Pat Tillman just being the best of friends. Do you have any inside stories on some of the players, either past or present? Yeah, so or future. Or future. <laughs> Me. Future Are we foreshadowing to something? The Tennessee Titans. So um being a Okay, so I would always follow Rhett Bryan around after after uh, practice or after a game, and he'd be like, Hey, I need you to go snag an interview with Kevin Byer. And I'm like, got it. Another funny yes, thing. <laughs> What'd you say? You're like, yes, please. I'm like, yeah, please. Uh, preferably Jayon Brown, but that's okay. We can get to that in a little bit, a little bit later. But so you have to go find these men, which like Kevin Byard, I can recognize out of a crowd, but you have to memorize what all their faces look like in the locker room because they don't have their jerseys on. So you can't, they're not distinctive by numbers, right? Like you have to know their faces. So I remember John would always quiz me of like faces. Like I took me forever to learn who John U. Smith was without his jersey on or anything like that. I would send her play, uh, pictures of players and be like, all right, who's this? And she would have to, to learn. Is he not the most jacked guy on the team? I Johnny mean, Smith? Lo- yeah, he looks like a Power Ranger. Uh, Derrick Henry gives him a little run for his money, <laughs> oh, I would call. say. So anyways, I would follow Rhett. So one day we were going to the game, and he was like, we're going to the locker room. And I'm like, I- I've never been in the locker room. And I'm following all these men into the locker room. Like, I'm this frail <laughs> little girl. Like, they look like I'm 12. They're probably like, what is she doing in here? Is she someone's daughter? Like, what is happening right now? <laughs> so I walk in behind Rhett, and he's like, go find Kevin. And I was like, all right. So walking around in the locker room, I didn't realize like the locker room is their personal space. Like, I don't know. I thought Rabel closed off the locker room, so I didn't even know we were allowed in there. But I guess after a game we were. We're not after practices, though. So we walk into their personal space, right? Like, no, like, towels are on. Clothes are everywhere. They don't care at all. They're just kind of, like, doing their thing. They don't, they're not bothered by a woman in the locker room. So I'm walking around, and then I see these showers in the back. They're, like, these huge showers, like, group showers. And apparently, it's the offensive line's turn to take showers together. So, I mean, these are big dudes, right? So, I uh, look forward, and I just lock eyes 
with Dennis <laughs> Kelly. And I'm like, he's like, yo, man. I mean, I'm totally in his personal space. I mean, you can infer the rest, but saw things that probably no one else would ever want to see in their life. That but is, yeah. That uh, is an inside scoop. Man. And then I remember you all FaceTiming me when Dennis Kelly scored a touchdown in, in the playoffs, I think. So. Yes. D- Dennis Kelly was a personal favorite of ours. After that, maybe why we were so devastated when he <laughs> got cut. <laughs> Yeah, he's no longer with the Titans, but he I'm glad for that. He was a large portion of the team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he and Taylor Lewan were taking a little little bath together, so that was that was cute. Man. Doesn't like a little team camaraderie. Den- <laughs> Dennis <laughs> Kelly getting uh, getting put on blast over here. <laughs> <laughs> we love him, though, but yeah, it makes it less awkward now that he's not with the team anymore. <laughs> Who, you mentioned on this a little bit earlier, I want to go back to it. Who was your favorite player to interview? So it goes along with my favorite player on the Titans team. Um, Mr. Jayon Brown is a California dude. He is the most well-spoken, fun, hilarious, nicest man to interview. Jayon Brown, for sure, was the best interview that we ever had. That confirms uh, Robert's bias on him. Yeah. What do you mean? Just how I like him as a player? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think... He's fun. Truth be told, I know that... In previous episodes, I've been a really big Jayon Brown fan. Really think that it's been kind of just, you know, through Anna Glenn why I've been such a big Jayon Brown fan because I knew I, uh, she loved Jayon so much. And people but, aren't, aren't going to trust your opinion anymore, JG. You're outing yourself a little bit. Yeah. Uh, everything I say in this podcast is actually Anna Glenn. She's, <laughs> I, got, I got an earpiece uh, every single episode. Anna Glenn's just speaking it into it, and I'm just spitting out what she tells me. So, But I will say one of the, like, memorable moments Marcus Mariota was always a good interview when he would come to the stand he was always just like pretty chill even keel would be super honest and like wouldn't really BS us uh in his interview but I will never forget when Taylor Lewan I was there when he came out in the white suit with his um the raccoon thing? statue or yeah, be- yeah. beaver statue when he just he became the, the highest concept. paid uh what was it lineman or left tackle I don't remember in the NFL might have been lineman but probably and he came out with his lineman in his white suit and and for an interview he was always fun too to be around and it was fun to watch his daughter come to practices and that's a cool thing about being at practices you get to see their families come and you get to see them play with their kids and their wives so that's that's another cool part being there for training camp who is the worst interview on the team derrick henry (laughs) you can't you can't decipher what he's saying really yeah he mumbles I, I listened to him on Bustin' with the Boys, and he seemed like a great. Well, a I great could see. Well, he's, he's with his buds. When I, yeah, with I could see Derrick Henry being the kind that he just he just goes out and focuses on what he wants to do. And so afterwards, and too, when you interned, like he, that was the summer before he had the big, like that was the first rushing title that he had. So, I mean, he was still really good. He had a great end to the year before. But he still wasn't like that star yet, so he probably still was, you know. Grind, he, he he definitely seems like he's come out of a shell a little bit more yeah, every year. That's what I'm trying to say. Like back then, he was more you know focused, and now he's he's able to you know figure out happy medium. I got a question: mm-hmm. Are there any guys on the team, from what you could tell at least, that were like super respected on the team that you wouldn't expect were like players were like that guy is the man, and yet it was like, but on the field he's maybe not a star or something like that. Hmm. Um, quite honestly, even his rookie season when I was there, um, David Long, I would say. My is guy. Probably Robert loves you, that. Is probably that guy for the team. I mean, he came into a position group that, you know, he was he was a rookie. 
and I don't remember who all was there when he started at, at the time. I think Will Compton, Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown. Wesley Woodyard. Wesley Woodyard, yeah. I guess um, that was his last year there. But I feel like everyone was drawn to him, and he was he was respected because he was willing to go out and play the special teams plays during practice and get in the reps, but wasn't necessarily starting with, with the first string guys. So I remember, too, uh, kind of just piggybacking off of the you know their rookie year you said I remember you were telling me Amani Hooker was going to mm-hmm. get a lot of playing time like you could tell from training camp so and that's good that's honestly great to hear and know going into this year with Amani Hooker like he's uh, gonna take over yeah and be that starting role right so I think that's cool too so he I was super fun to watch another just great example of how incredible that draft class was and then um Adam Humphreys was always a super silent leader especially mm-hmm. Even above Corey Davis when he was there, both of them are gone now. But Adam Humphreys was always fun to talk to, fun to watch, and you could tell that uh, the guys respected him. And he was like a clutch player for the Titans, but I wouldn't say he was like a superstar for the Titans. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's another guy. Do you have any Vrabel stories? Hmm. I've heard he's been seeing a lot chain smoking at Richland Country Club <laughs> <laughs> on the golf cart. The um, golf <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is he a member? Do we have that confirmed? I think, yeah, he is. We've had that confirmed. Yeah. Is he a good golfer? Yeah, we have some. uh, Landon Meyer played with him. Shout out Landon Meyer. Landon Meyer played with him one time. Is he a good golfer? Uh, I I would have to ask. We would have to ask Landon. Landon is a friend of the pod, college buddy of JG's. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, we actually had Chance Meyer, his uh, little brother. He was on the draft special podcast. So... The Meyer, the Meyer boys are getting shout-outs on this, <laughs> on this podcast. Um, but you can really tell that the defensive players love having Rabel as, as their coach because he'll put on those – I mean, he'll, he won't even be wearing pads. They'll be wearing pads. And he'll get into practice and mess with them and, and go against them in, on dr- in drills. So he's a very hands-on coach, and it, he's fun to watch. And I like when he has a mustache at practice. I was just about to ask. Yeah. Very important question. Are you stash or no stash, Mike? Stash. Vrabel? Daddy Vrabel with a stash. Daddy Vrabel with <laughs> a stash. Daddy Vrabel. Would you say over and under three hours a day, John Robinson has a dip in his mouth? Mm. Under. I've never seen him with a dip in his mouth at practice. Oh, wow. wow. He, he takes it out. He's respectful on the field. I think so. respectful on the field. I think so. I, what, what, are, what, are the, what are the room thoughts about J-Rob? I actually saw him the other day. Really? It was probably two weeks ago. So I'm driving in the back of a Jeep in Brentwood. It was a full it was a full Jeep. There was Wait, maybe he was, maybe it was an important drive. Like it was before the draft. He was I in the back of the Jeep? It might have been before the draft now that I think about it. Yeah, he was in the back of the Jeep. How did you there was five people and like it was all How could you tell he was in the back seat? Oh like doors off, you know, top down. Ah, J Rob's a Jeep guy. No, he wasn't well yeah, he wasn't driving. It seemed like, it like an important drive somewhere with some people. Who wow. takes an important drive in a Jeep with no doors? Don't ask me. Driving through Brentwood. I don't know. Man. I will say, Rhett Bryan would get mad at me for calling J-Rob. He hates when people call him J-Rob at practice. Like, wow. Paul Kaharski and then would be like, oh, oh look, it's J-Rob. Okay. And Rhett would be like, it's John Robinson. Just I call thought you meant just like that as the nickname, but you mean in the setting of, like, actually. Well, and just practice. in general. He's like, he's a general, like, he's a GM. Call him John Robinson, mm. you know? I, I would say here at this pod, we're pretty... We're pretty partial towards J-Rob. We think, I mean, I don't want to speak for everybody, and we've touched on it a little bit, so we don't want to need to do a whole, like, uh, J-Rob bit here, but um, needs to hit on some more first-round draft picks. 
And other than that, he does a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah, we've overall been happy with him. I think it's it's uh, with the Isaiah Wilson thing that definitely kind of like, I guess, brought his credibility and liking down a little bit. But we're thinking we're not just like okay, we're out on J. Rob now. We think that the things that he's done so far this offseason can you know he can rebound and bounce back. Results speak for themselves. Yeah, and he yeah. made he made an immediate impact when he came and came to the Titans. I mean, he's flipped the organization around so. You can't dog on that. Yeah. It's a good start. Low-key, one of my favorite decisions that he's made was when we won a playoff game against the Chiefs, then lost to the Patriots, and still fired Mike Malarkey after that. Because I really do believe that Malarkey – I mean, if if we had Malarkey still as our coach, we would have been like a top 15, top 10 draft pick this past year. Like, I I think turning that around, going to, you know – Still not settling for Mike Malarkey, even though we won a playoff game in the first in a while. I think he wasn't settling, and I, yeah. that, I from the start, like you said, he made an impact from the start. So yeah. I loved it. Should we make our way into the big conversation? <laughs> I, I think we should. Um, now the big conversation for those of you um, who can guess, it is definitely Julio Jones. If you haven't heard who Julio Jones is, he is a wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. He's an old guy. He's 32. He, old uh, man. He went to Alabama. Uh, he was the sixth-round draft pick no, for the Falcons. No, no, Six overall. Sorry. Wow. Not a sixth-round <laughs> draft pick. Sixth, like, wow. Sixth overall. That was a brain fart. Um, so the kind of like a little bit of a timeline leading into where we are now. Um, around the draft, Peter King – with NBC, I think he put out an article that was like, the Falcons are in some cap troubles. They could maybe trade Julio Jones. Who knows? I'm not sure. Here are some teams that would maybe go after him. Titans were one of them. And with that, it was like, okay, Peter King's maybe just throwing this out there and saying it. He's not actually – there's not like anything to this. As the weeks have gone on, there's been more and more traction. Like, oh, my gosh, yeah, Julio actually is – very much up for trade from the Falcons. Um, And Arthur Smith, old offensive coordinator from the Titans, now their head coach, he's gone there. And, you know, you've had jokes with players and on the Titans, players on the Titans wanting him and stuff like that. Recently, I think it was this week, Shannon Sharp was on his TV show and called him live on his TV show. And – we still don't even fully know if it was a bit, if it was planned, or if it was just straight up, you know, fake. But Julio was was on TV, on the phone, and he was like, "No, nah, I'm out of there. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not going to stay in Atlanta." So and managed to uh, give a kill shot to the Cowboys on the to way the out. To the Cowboys, yeah, yeah. So it all sparked. The reason they called him was because he was wearing a Cowboys sweatshirt somewhere, and so they called him, and he was like, "You're not going to Dallas, are you?" And he goes, "No, man, I'm not going to Dallas, but I'm out of there." Like, out of Atlanta. So, the rumors are very much real. um, And he definitely is going to be traded somewhere. Um, And actually, the the big thing about it is that he's not going to be traded until after June 1st. Because after June 1st, the Falcons are off the hook with his cap-wise. So, that leads us into... And give a layout of the the baggage behind him. Yes. So in 2019 he signed a contract extension that basically at this point 
that contract would be three more years, including this year. And I believe what the numbers were, were in terms of, you know, a salary cap hit would be 15.3 million in 2021, 11.5 million in 2022, 11.5 million in 2023. So he's 32 right now, just turned 32. By 2023, he's going to be 35. I had to do a little quick math there. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, it's, there's definitely some baggage there in terms of the money, but it doesn't mean that teams can't negotiate with them. And there's more baggage. Yeah, basically the Falcons want a first-round pick. And those, that's, those are some of the talks. Some of the talks is that they want a first-round pick, and maybe we'll tolerate a second. And then he's also you know, proven to be pretty injury-prone the last few years. So there's a big mystery in that too. Yeah, so last year he had a hamstring issue. And I think he only played nine games, really only seven, I think. But he had he had, he did have a streak of six one thousand yard seasons, receiving seasons or receiving yards, and that was ruined last year. What did he have like seven hundred or something? Yeah, last year he had uh, fifty one catches, seven hundred yards, and three touchdowns. His worst season since his rookie year. Hmm. Interesting. So we're gonna get into it. Because we have some, you know, we have some stances on Julio and if we want him or not. Um, And I guess uh, we can just go around. I guess just let's just real quick say if you are for or against Titans trading for Julio. Just in general, what's your answer? Well, I think it's a a very complicated answer. First of all, I haven't seen the Titans fan base this obsessed over a free agent since uh, Clowney. Well, that's a good point. Maybe I should say since a free for a free agent wide receiver since uh, a guy named Randy Moss. Well, and a trade too. Like it's Clowney so, was just signing in the offseason. Right, right. Trade. Right. We don't know if it can happen. But historically, our fan base is pretty bad at projecting free star free agents in their in their later years and how they're going to fit on our team. Um, I. Listen, if he is willing to sign a new contract, if he's willing to restructure that deal, you know, to a, a, a contract that's going to reflect the third option on our team, I'm willing, I'm all ears. But I don't, number one, I don't think he's going to do that. He's been the best or top three wide receiver in the NFL for the last, you know, for, the dec- for a decade now. And I, frankly, I'm out, you know. I got some... I got some doubts about whether a 32-year-old wide receiver making $15 million a year is really the direction we need to go. Um, you know, I got some – I'm going to give you some player comps of guys in the NFL who are within six months in age of Julio Jones. And you tell me if any of these guys are worth $15 million a year, okay? <laughs> T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> no. A.J. Green. Definitely not. Nope. Marvin Jones. No. Maybe no. the most – well, with, with, yeah, I yes, so far. John Brown? Nope. No. Definitely no. not. Golden Tate? Nope. nope. Well, Muhammad Sanu? No, nope. no, no. Well, who the Falcons so no, no, traded? No, 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 no. All of those guys that, no. were either in the same draft class or basically the same age as Julio Jones. So he's that's not tough, in, John. That's tough. He's but not in great are company they there. Julio Jones? They're not Julio Jones. All right, so that's the argument. I get the argument. You know, he's, he's an all-pro 
uh, for years and years and years. Um, but that just gives you some context about the, the age that we're talking, okay? Now, uh, between the years 2010 and 2020, I'm sorry, yeah, 2010 and 2020, there have been 16 wide receivers who are 32 years old who've gotten at least 85 targets for their team, okay? Of those 16 guys with 85 targets, only four, okay, four guys have had seasons in the last 10 years that were starting caliber, you know, worthy of a starter in the NFL. Okay, Reggie Wayne, Steve Smith, Andre Johnson, and Larry Fitzgerald. Good company. Good company, right? And you could easily make the argument that Julio Jones belongs right there with those guys and could have a starting caliber season in his 32-year-old year. However, how many of those guys... Reggie Wayne, Steve Smith, Andre Johnson, and Larry Fitzgerald had their worst season, okay, or how about this, a season less than 60 catches, less than 800 yards, and less than five touchdowns in any year prior to that 32-year-old season? I'm guessing zero. Neither one of them, okay? So the argument against Julio is that he was a, he, had, he had a very hard year last year. He hurt his hamstring in July, and it nagged him until January, okay? He, he could not get right. I had him on my fantasy team. Every single week, I did as well in one league. Every single week, you know, he was a game time decision and would go out there and test that hamstring, and it didn't play out. Or he couldn't play, um, and so just because he had that season last year, really scares me about bringing on a guy and paying him fifteen million dollars and giving up a first round pick. You know, if that's the price for Julio Jones, I'm out. Pettit. So originally, when hearing all the news, I jumped on the bandwagon. I was like, Julio. He's going to be good. He's been good. He's been good for so long. I don't see him not being good with the Titans. With matching with A.J. Brown, it's basically Calvin Ridley. It's Tannehill's better than Matt Ryan right now. I'm like, it's a perfect match. And then, you know, dove into details. Talked to Robert over here. <laughs> <laughs> and that Pretty he, convincing. He, he dove into the details even more than I dove into the details. And then I am fully convinced that I I don't want him. What's I'm, the price? And I have a number in my mind, but what's the price bet it where if he restructures his deal, it turns out he's will you know he's willing to take X amount for the next two or three years? Like what what's your price that makes you in? I think definitely under ten yeah, per year. Definitely. I would argue eight. I think eight is like I think we could still manage if he doesn't pan out, we could still manage to be like work around it. Right. Eight. I would say so. But I don't think, think about he, it I don't see him accepting of, that. That's half his paycheck. Think about it in terms of Corey Davis. What he got like twelve yeah. or something. I would say Julio, I'd be fine with ten. Yeah, but is Julio even gonna is like he, would you so would you rather say, okay, here's a here's a hypothetical for you. Would you rather the Titans trade a second round pick for Julio Jones and it would end up being twelve million a year? Or the Titans would have spent the money on Corey Davis and paid him twelve million a year and kept Corey Davis. I can't choose neither. Correct. Um, yeah, well, just with the draft capital there, I would rather have paid Corey, Corey Davis, Davis. But okay, that makes sense. Frankly, neither. I mean, I don't want either one of those guys. So you'd rather sign twelve million a year. You'd rather sign Golden Tate to a one year deal, <laughs> one million, than, than than those two options. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, I'd rather ride it out with Marcus Johnson, Josh Reynolds. See what what those Des guys can do, Des Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I'm telling you. We're, Listen, we're, here's I'm he in the, I am 
I could not be more of an AJ Brown fan. Okay, and yes, I want to get fair. your take on this, Anna Glenn. Just this whole conversation here, and I'll bring you in in a second. But every single ball that leaves Ryan Tannehill's hands that doesn't go in AJ Brown's direction, I think, is a bad passing play for the Titans. That's how good I think AJ Brown is. I think he should get 15 targets a game minimum because he's that dynamic with the ball in his hands. Fair. AG, come in. Uh, come in on this. Okay, so I feel like the want of Julio Jones versus will the Titans take Julio Jones are very, very different answers for me. Like, do I want Julio Jones? Do I want the star power of that name? Like, absolutely. I feel like the Titans don't have that star power besides A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry, maybe. Like, I wouldn't put Ryan Tannehill in that group. Like, Whoa. Sorry. No. But, but I wouldn't. Nationally, nationally you're right. Right? You're definitely right. Yeah, so no, do good. I want that? Yes. Will the Titans take Julio Jones? Absolutely not. First of all, John Robinson is not going to give up a first round draft pick. That's just that's just number one off the table. Second of all, Titans are a run first offense. Derrick Henry rules the offense, and AJ Brown can considerably handle the res- the receptions for the team. Also, asking Brian Tannehill to throw anywhere near six hundred passes in a season with two receivers, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So. And plus, if you're a fantasy football player, everyone wants Julio Jones. You're not going to take Julio Jones if he's on the same team as A.J. Brown, in my opinion. I will say I have thought of it in a fantasy perspective, and it would be tough. To t- and to so that so maybe this is a good point. You jump in because you're the one pro Julio yeah. jo- Jones okay. guy in this room, it sounds like. Did you have anything else? Did you? No, I'm saying would I like finish? him? Yes. Will the Titans take him? No. No. Okay. So here's the deal. I kind of was the opposite of Pettit. I was originally... I was I have a, a group text with some friends and I literally was like, Am I the only one that doesn't want Julio Jones in this group text? And I was. And uh I gotta say, I was I was against him. Didn't really want him. All the things that y'all have said, I agree. But I thought more and more about it, and I thought to myself, salary cap? <laughs> <laughs> what even is a freaking salary cap? Let me let me Do you know what team has the has the is top for that 2021? Jags? Yep. Uh that was okay, that was a little flex there. Uh. So anyways, <laughs> no one you can't see, but I just did a little flex. So um I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You telling me we can't finagle the salary cap like they did? I mean, come on. Ryan Tannehill can work on doing his whole salary cap deal, move it all to a signing bonus or something like that or whatever. And, yeah, let me just – before I keep going, let's let's hear A.J. Brown's take on this. <laughs> we, got, we got an A.J. Brown video right here. Yeah, let's get his take on it. When you make a catch, when you make a touchdown, they don't even do that for me. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. And look what I'm wearing. Your first Titan jersey. I haven't even been released yet. Okay. I'm going to sell you on some things right here. Listen to me closely. You have Tannehill, Mr. Finger Roll himself. Every time, Eric Hill. Listen, he does what he needs to be done. Like, he's a leader. He's a great passer. He's it. Anyway, next. Him, behind me, superhuman. We don't even have to discuss him. He speaks for himself. Look how mean he look in the picture. Like, okay. Then me, I'm up and coming. Pro Bowl, year two. Not a big deal. Kind of a big deal, but not really. Okay, scratch that. Anyway, whatever. You... The GOAT of our era, the re- of our receivers. Help me help you. Come home, Leo. Come home. Okay, so that right there. Time out. Would that AJ be hard? Would that be hard to give up your number? 
That was uh, AJ Brown recruiting Julio yeah. via TikTok. Via TikTok. TikTok. And he did say in the, it wasn't in that one, but he said, I know I told you I changed my number from 11. I tried to change number one, but it wouldn't <laughs> let me because Warren Moon. And uh, he's like, you're going to have to be number eight. So I, all I know is I want Julio Jones. I, John Garrett, will admit I'm in. I want him. I want Julio Jones. And I get, I, like, real quick, obviously, yes, there are things to be figured out with it. I don't want to trade a first-round pick. Do not want to trade a first-round pick for Julio. I don't see that as worth it. The Falcons, the freaking Patriots traded a second-round pick for Mohamed Sanu. Okay, so do you trade a second-round pick with Rashawn Evans? Are you okay no. with that? No. Oh, yes. So here's the deal. Yes, get Rashawn out of here. <laughs> so yes. here's the deal. I want David Long to start. I, well, I that can't solves remember. two problems for us. <laughs> I think Look I heard it from the OutKick 360 guys. They were basically, it was Paul Karski, actually. He was saying, and I agreed, it, makes, it doesn't make sense for them to trade for a player the Falcons, I'm saying, because they're in such salary cap hell, they haven't even signed any of their rookies. They're not even able to sign any right now because of their salary cap. And I think that if they were to take on another player, that would be, you know, that could hit their salary cap and they would struggle there too. So I don't know if it necessarily is going to evolve involve a player. I would trade a second rounder. I would go up to a second rounder. I would trade a second rounder for Julio. Work out the money. There was a scenario that I heard um, – Maybe, like, get rid of uh, – it was, I think, Roger Saffold or something like that. I wouldn't like that either. I, I definitely – Yeah, I he's don't also wanna, the highest-paid guard in the NFL. The Falcons can't do that. Yeah, so I, I don't want to – well, not trade him, but, like, cut him. Straight up just oh, cut him yeah. or something. But I don't know if I really want to do a player and a pick for Julio. I would do a pick for Julio. But you put him on the field on the other side of A.J. Brown – who are you going to guard? And then it opens up Derrick Henry to run all over you. You have, you then, like you said, Anna Glenn, you have AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, the two stars, and then Julio Jones. Boom. Like r- that right there is insane. I, I just don't I get think, it. I get it. I, I don't think we're getting, I don't think whoever Julio Jones plays for next year is getting Julio Jones. The goat of our era. Like, exactly. Like exactly. AJ Brown was saying. My thing is, my argument to that with the hamstring, like, Hamstring is a legitimate thing, for sure. Look at Corey Davis. But but is it so? And that's real quick. And I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you. It, it, the guys who are showing their age, right? A soft tissue injury like that, like that hamstring issue, for a young guy, for AJ Brown, that goes away, right? That even if you strain it really really badly, that yeah. goes away in a month, two well, months tops. Who it affected Julio for seven months? Yes. Well, here's my thing to that though is like. Maybe he wasn't putting in the effort. Maybe he didn't care really. Is the freaking well, if you didn't care, I don't want him on my team either. Right, he didn't care right. because it's the Falcons. They're not going to win. They Julio, Julio Jones. Listen, Julio maybe Jones with was on Arthur the team Smith. That gave up a Super Bowl twenty-eight to three to the Patriots. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the man is frustrated. Okay, with the okay, Atlanta John. Falcons. I want to come to your defense. I want to come to your defense, and I want Robert and Pettit's opinion on this. So the Falcons did say they're like. If we can manage it, we don't want Julio going to another NFC team, right? So that leaves Titans, Ravens, and Patriots. So where, let's just hypothetically say he was going to go to an AFC team. Which of the three teams is he the best fit at? Because Titans are one of those three teams. He would be a terrible Raven. I don't know why he would want to be a Raven. He wouldn't get the ball. The only reason he would be a Raven is like, oh, I'm the only guy there. Even though they drafted Rashad Bateman. Lamar, Lamar Jackson can find me, but I agree. No, he would. And then so the if you're asking, Cam Newton, yeah. Yeah. So you're Mac asking, Jones takes over. Do you want me to answer that question from Julio's perspective? Yes. 
I mean, of those three teams, if I'm Julio, I'm trying to look at it unbiasedly, but I think probably the best fit would be the Titans. It gives them the best chance to win right away. You have the best quarterback of those three. You could argue Ravens yeah, would but, maybe be a better And then place you to get win. into the question, like, are you going to get Lamar Jackson last year? You're going to exactly. get Lamar Jackson, the MVP, the year before. And if it's last year's Lamar Jackson, then, you know, I, I, you only need to call Hollywood Brown for five minutes to learn <laughs> that you don't want him throwing you the football last year. But Or Mark Andrews. Yeah, exactly. But if it's the Lamar Jackson from his MVP year, then I would say Lamar is probably the best option at quarterback there. But I don't and know. The Do best I, team I, don't, I think Mac Jones and Cam Newton are the two um, least optimal quarterbacks there. But I've also seen the Colts thrown around. So I, I actually could, I heard I could see him recently going. that the Colts. So here's the thing about the Colts. I actually wanted to bring this up, and this kind of doesn't help my point with wanting Julio. But they had Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard. They were in the draft class. I think it was either 2018 or 2019. Anyways, yeah, I think it was 2018. Yeah. They're going to have to pay Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard. Those are all pro guys for the Colts. They are not losing those guys. But they've got a lot and, of cap room. But but they still have to figure out paying those guys. Yeah. So they're not really super, like, they're not really that much in pursuit of Julio Jones realistically, which obviously doesn't help my point. I get it. Here's some guys I will say. Here's a here's a point to y'all's. Harold Landry, Rashawn Evans, Nate Davis, Jeffrey Simmons, AJ Brown. All those guys are up and coming guys that we need to sign. Yeah. Rashawn Evans, I don't know. Jayon Brown, maybe. Harold Landry, maybe. Like some of these guys were they're not for sure right. signing right. signings, but well, and um you know, and I I do kind of like your point, like the salary cap. Is it real, right? Yeah. Like, and it's going to go up next year. It's going up. What, like, twenty million? Twenty? It's, I think more. Thirty million? Dude, I it's, think it's two twelve. Thirty, I think. Yeah. And it was. It ended at, at about. I think it was one eighty eight. Yeah. One eighty four. One eighty two. I think. Somewhere around there. So, listen. I uh, is is restructuring the contract. Is that necessary for you to be excited about it, John Garrett? Uh, Ideally, yes. Okay. But if I'd be fine with restructuring other people's contracts. <laughs> yeah, fair. But yes. I, I mean, I just, eh, I don't know. I don't I know if we're getting it. the I've, same Julio. I got I got two points to be made here. They both are kind of counter each other. But first one <laughs> is kind of a fun story more than anything. But um, Garrett Grayson, I was with him one time. He is uh the third quarterback taken in the 2015 draft mm, gotcha. behind Marcus Mariota and James Winston. From Texas? Colorado State. Okay. And he got drafted by the Saints, and then he got traded to the Falcons. And he said, we were talking, you know, there's a big group of guys, and we're like talking all this information about, like, give us some inside scoop. And he said, Julio Jones has the most God-given talent he's ever seen by anybody. He said that Game man. straight. He said that man can run nine yards faster than anybody's ever seen and stop in one yard. He said it's amazing. He <laughs> said he's very, very talented, extremely athletic, and works hard. So that's just a fun little story for Julio Jones. Point for me, I'd say. Thank you. Do yeah. we know what Point his attitude is like? I think it was more he works hard, but he's not the hardest working guy. I think he's just extremely talented Yeah, and you know, does enough. I mean, I'm not dogging on the guy. I think he works really hard. I, don't think, yeah. I just don't think he's like, you know, Tom Brady, first one in, last one yeah. out kind of guy. Um, another story to kind of counter your argument of having Julio on the upside of A.J. Brown. If the Titans were trying to have that star impact 
why wouldn't they get a guy like Kenny Galladay earlier on? Fair. You could get him for cheaper. Well, I don't know what he got signed for, actually. But you could get him for know. roughly the same price, cheaper, and better in higher ceiling currently. That's fair. That's a good point. So I, I think, don't know if that argument of having Julio beside AJ is the best argument for the price. I think with that, it's it's like there's a there's a point to like we didn't necessarily want to go for it at that time, but now that the opportunity's there, John Robinson is doing his due diligence to actually try and get Julio Jones to where like now the opportunity is there and we can take it. Mm-hmm. Like he was, you know, I don't know. I I think with that's a great point. Kenny Galladay, like, yeah, I would have been a good person opposite side of four AJ years, Brown. seventy-two million. Kenny Galladay, okay, so almost twenty million a year. Yeah, so a lot more. Yeah, but, but I see what you're saying. That's a great point for sure. Because we, if if John Robinson truly did want what I'm saying, another star on the opposite side of AJ Brown, he would have tried. Which he might, we might have tried with Kenny Galladay. We could have. Um, and he got picked up right around. The beginning of free agency when everybody's no, willing to be out. Kenny Galladay was actually well beginning in terms of like yeah the first week or two yeah it was it was later it wasn't like right on that Wednesday but it right. was still within the first week yeah so go ahead Ag I'm just I'm just laughing because I'm just thinking about how mad John was when the Titans were not drafting a wide receiver in the draft he was so angry like texting me what the heck I don't know John maybe all signs point to Julio Jones maybe Thank this you. is maybe this is your answered prayer that you've been waiting on freaking. Des Fitzpatrick, which I will say I'm a little more of a fan of, obviously because we drafted him. A couple OTA pictures come out, and JG's all in on Des Fitzpatrick. I've seen his footwork. I saw he had a toe drag catch. That guy's going to be a stud in the NFL. I don't know what I just did there. Had a little – I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to eat something real quick. And I just – give me him. Real quick, before we we end this, I think it's important to probably point out that we don't know who dropped the information to the media – that a first-round pick was the price for Julio. That could very easily be the Atlanta Falcons trying to generate a market, right? Maybe the offer on the tables, you know, on the table is more like a third, and there's a couple teams in there with an offer similar, and the Falcons are trying to get more, and so they release something like that. That that game gets played quite a bit. Um, so, who knows? Who knows what the real price is, what the real conversations are? We do feel pretty confident in saying nothing's going to happen until after June 1st. Yep. June 1st is Tuesday. So maybe there's a deal in the works that's ready to go and come out on Tuesday. Um, if not, seems like we're headed for another Jadavion Clowney type situation like last summer where every single day you're waking up, yeah. checking Twitter, trying to see the latest Julio Jones news. Well, and Diana Rossini is. Uh, she actually kind of is right a lot of times. She was right with the J. David Clowney stuff. So I do trust her. She's at ESPN. She did tweet yesterday. She's kind of in with the Titans, it seems yeah. like. She, she said, is. She said they're not. Yeah, she said, as we watch Titans players fiercely recruit Julio Jones on social media in parentheses and John Garrett really wanting them, I'm re- it, right here. I don't know. I was told Atlanta Friend has actually <laughs> – I was told Atlanta has actually had discussions with Tennessee – as of now, they are still talking, but I was told he is a quote-unquote long shot for the Titans to land Jones. So, yep. there. I mean, along with – and she also did say that she was the one that put out that the Falcons are looking for a first-round pick. That could be them, you know, driving up the price, like you said, smoke screen. Hey, we actually will take less. But 
And this could be a, this tweet could be a smokescreen too. Maybe the Titans is a done deal. We don't even know yet. So I don't know. It's it's interesting. Excited to see how it pans out. It's, see where Julio ends up and if he's any good next year. It's definitely something to look at. But I will say this: there's a, there's a second wave of free agency about to happen. There might be more cuts to happen. You know, guys might be more available. If it means, you know, we take the money elsewhere and, you know, restructure our own people's contracts and spend more money on defense, I'm okay with that too. I'm not like, I really do want Julio Jones. Really, really do want Julio Jones. But if we get like a Melvin Ingram or a Justin Houston, I'm okay with that. Or like Golden Tate, one-year deal. So Let's go around the horn real quick and predict the team we think Julio is going to end up with. Who wants to start? I'll start. There you go, John. I'll go. He's going to end up with the Las Vegas Raiders. I could see that. He's going to end up with the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, good one. I'm making this judgment off of salary cap purposes. A New York Jet. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Baltimore Ravens. Ooh. Yeah. I like it. I think, right, they, well, I think they're going to. Open the bank, the bank yeah. account. Okay, so no one said Titans. No one said Titans. No, <laughs> I think it's not we, happening, I John. Think, <laughs> I think we all kind of know in the back of our <laughs> yeah, heads. Yeah, okay. Gotcha, I, John Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, you got trapped. Uh, Real I got quick, got, I got got Aaron Rodgers. Does he stay in Green Bay? Yes or no? Yes. <laughs> if they take Julio Jones, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna say yes. I don't think he can get it. I don't think he's going to force his way out of there. Yeah. I agree with you. I got you. All right. Well, that was, that was fun. Anna Glenn, thank you so much for joining us. I'm glad we got to um, get a little insight into Titans radio. Um, keep your eyes out. Keep, keep, keep your eyes peeled. Eyes and ears. You never, you never know. Julio Jones might be a Titan the next time we talk yeah, to you. Maybe so. Or he might be a Las Vegas Wearing Raider, number what? 49er, Jet, or Ravens. Wearing number eight. There you go. Um, so, yeah. That's it for uh, this Julio Jones episode of PTT. I'm JG. Robert. I'm Pettit. And Anna Glenn, we thank you a lot for joining us. Anna Glenn, where, where can people find you on uh, social media? Yeah, at AG Grove. Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. There it is. Hit her up. Slide and in. <laughs> Easy. Show her Easy. some show her some love for coming on show the pod. Show some love. Our, our uh, robust love. fan base. Big yeah. fan of Prime Time Our Titans. thousands of fans. We really appreciate y'all. Robert, we Caroline and I have been so wanting to be on this for a while, so thanks for letting it happen for me. Caroline's next. Caroline wants us to get uh, to interview the Titans dance coach. Oh. Yeah, so. Look out for that. <laughs> uh, That'd be cool. You we yeah, got some so fun things coming this summer for, yes, for all of fall, you guys. So look out. Maybe have some T-shirts once we get into the season. We got some things in the works for and the hey, for the. Hey, I'll be in show. Atlanta in a couple weeks, so I'll get the, I'll get the deets on on Julio yeah. and Arthur it's Smith. The insider information. Um, speaking of the season, we're really looking forward to it, and we're super pumped. So we thank y'all so much for listening, and uh, Julio Jones. Let's be a Tennessee tight. Thank y'all. Train a coming, it's rolling around a bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison.